We have discussed three enjoyments, food, circulation and breathing. They are potent answers to all the anxiety and panic. Yoga gives you many touch points into your own being. From the breath, to the muscles, to the stretch receptors, to the happy hormones, nerves, brain, the nadi, the psychic centers, the archetypes, taste buds, satiation. Activating all these touch points, you can create your responses. You can change easily how you see any situation. So deeper practice is done with ease. Let it enter your thought process. Develop a feel for the subtle body. The whole language of your being will slowly change. Ease into Yama, Niyama, Asana, Pranayama. It's not some faraway thing. It need not be complicated. It's just like our daily life, lived with a little something. Due to the restrictions on movement and gatherings, you can't anymore take your car to the basement of a building where the yoga studio is located. Instead, let it all come to you through the internet. Nature has spoken. Today, our entire planet is a yoga studio. And so is your home. The concept of immunity says that there are pathogens we can't see and the body fights it in its own way. But it's also a fact that as life has evolved, both the pathogens and the human body's responses have grown together. They know each other from the origin. They have coexisted for a long time. Yoga says, Yam Niyam Asan Pranayam. These will take care of the external or Bahiranga. It doesn't mean that we are to wage and win a war with our microorganism siblings. It means we can be in a balance, a state of live and let live. That is why there is the immune system, which is defensive in nature, to ensure that there is balance in the body. So here too, we seek balance. The immune system is not there for us to wage a war. It's there for us to live in a state of balance, in a state of harmony. So it's true that we have antibodies. We have white blood cells and they can easily be understood like a modern day defense system of a country. But yoga likes to see it as a factor of balance. There are the viruses, the bacteria, the microorganisms, and there are these molecules and these cells which balance out their impact.
this allows us to be in a much more calmer and easier state and not get into a state of war. The whole thing is to keep it so simple that you don't really notice it. Balance makes you forget something is there. That's when it's balance. So you are the baby and yoga is the lullaby Mother Nature is singing for you. As you relax, losing all your anxieties in sleep, Mother Nature does her work, never losing sight of her child. This is the approach of yoga. Many people don't come down to doing yoga because it seems like a task far removed from life. It's actually about how to chew better, how to suck at the fruit better, how to enjoy the crow on the windowsill, how to make a pathway for the water in the garden, to just sit relaxed, alert. And maybe sometimes you notice a breath change from the right nostril to the left or the pulse at your navel. You begin to feel like you're a throb of the great prana of the universe, pulsing in sync with its beat, breathing in sync with its breath. That's how a baby sleeps, thinking it's in its mother's bosom, while she has gently placed it down and gone ahead to finish her chores. That's how we develop trust, with eyes closed. And that's an unbeatable feeling to have. After balance, now let's look at some other parameters of our well-being. When we hit the gym, when we do intense training, it's mainly strength and endurance that you work on. Artistic yoga was a thought around 25 years back. Can you be really unfit and happy at the same time? If you are fit and unhappy, is that fitness complete? Will it last? Can you be dehydrated, insomniac and happy? The goal of practice in yoga is samadhi. Some means to be in sync and dhi refers to the intelligence we call nature or creation. So samadhi means to be in sync with that intelligence which is our source. Meaning the more we move away from our source the unhappier we get and that will lead to being unwell. Our actions will eventually create trouble for us, as we can well see now, when we are out of sync with our source. In simple terms, whenever we experience harmony with our source, we say we are happy. So fitness, health, wellness, 
They can be seen as roads we have created to get in sync with that intelligence, our source, to become happy. The beautiful thing about the yoga language is that it has no words for fitness, health and wellness. But it has lots of words for being in sync. If you say that you want to be fit, in yoga it is like saying, I want to experience samadhi, oneness with my source, my creator, nature, no less. And so while conducting an artistic yoga session, we never differentiate between yoga for losing weight from yoga for meditation. Because the same river flows through all the places, be it in the mountains, in front of our ashram, or in Calcutta. Yoga is a language that has words for the entire matrix of happiness, but not for any division of that or component of that. Yoga has notes of all the sounds of joy, the strokes of all the movements of bliss, a language that can talk to the mountains, the plains and the ocean in the same breath. It is the language of the river. If we learn this language, then if you are obese, we can say, you are far from the source. And then we can say, here is what you can do to get back. So as you lose your weight, it's a very intense journey to lose 20, 30, 40 kilos. It is also a journey towards happiness. They are not separate journeys. Exercise physiologists and sports coaches have always tried to work out how they can measure a person's fitness completely and they are still at it. From five, they have now come to ten parameters of fitness, which are 1. Cardiovascular or respiratory endurance, which is the ability of the body to absorb, process and deliver oxygen to the cells. 2. Stamina, which is the body's ability to generate and utilize energy. 3. Strength, is how capable a group of muscles are to apply force. For example, how much weight your legs can tolerate. Power, is how capable a muscle unit is in applying maximum force in minimum time. A tennis player's obliques need to be very powerful to be able to play a good cross-court shot. 5. Speed How quickly you can do a movement. 6. Flexibility 7. Agility How quickly you can change from one movement to another. 8. Accuracy is about control. 9. Balance and 10. Coordination. If we look at the complete range of parameters, then it is possible that a professional weightlifter 
who works mainly on strength and power, can actually be less fitter than an amateur who works on all the 10 aspects of fitness after his office hours and before he gets home to assist his child with her homework. This can be true when you compare two different approaches of yoga as well. But the reason why we try to make artistic yoga a complete form of fitness is now being confirmed by research that if you can work on all 10 aspects and you have fairly good scores on all the parameters, then automatically your heart health, your respiratory health, your muscles, circulation, the health of liver, kidneys, the brain are all in great condition. Your sugar, blood pressure levels come to healthy levels. Which means, if you can work on your complete fitness, you are taking care of your health as well. To take care of your entire well-being, a complete approach to fitness can do the job. This is also a search for that one principle, that one thing that can take care of every aspect of your well-being. It's beautiful. But this is not the complete picture. Many athletes crumble after their careers come to a halt. If their fitness regimes have brought them unalloyed happiness, then professional athletes would be the happiest people in the world. While they are definitely super fit, we can't say for sure that they are happy, that they feel complete, or that what they have achieved has taken care of their entire being so that they will never slip out of that sense of well-being. The other factor that the purely fitness-oriented approach does not cover is what happens to your sense of well-being as you age and you lose the ability to maintain those fitness standards. And what about the wear and tear and the inflammatory effects of athletic training? They do age you prematurely. Above all, this approach does not address the dimensions of happiness directly. Here the concept is, if you are fit in all the parameters, you are by default healthy and therefore that means you will be happy. These can only happen when in the due course of your fitness, of becoming healthy, of becoming happy, you also have learned the keys by which you can have the knowledge you need to be well. One may not be able to write a book, but one would have the confidence that one can deal with aging and with any unforeseen situations. So therefore, it is also about knowledge. The goal of immersing in yoga is not to develop the highest possible score in all the parameters. The goal here is to develop a certain level of ease, stability, vitality, immunity to disease, 
and to experience lasting and continuous happiness and deeper states of being, with emphasis on the last goal. Ayurveda looks at it this way. If you have good sleep, appetite and elimination, chances are that you are well. And you might not have good scores in all the 10 parameters of fitness. So here is another alternative definition of good health. We see fitness as a great door, the relevant entry point in today's time for a huge segment of the population. The 10 parameters of fitness is perfect. But at the same time, let's also work on the breath body, directly on enhancing the prana. Let's also directly work on the energy systems through the bandha. Let's do cleansing routines to cleanse the body and mind of toxins and metabolic waste and malignant cells and psychic disturbances. And let's also develop awareness of our inner life. So the door to fitness leads to asana and pranayama. And as we mature in our practice, the yama and niyama unfold. And beyond this would begin the journey. The creator didn't make separate systems in our body and then put them together like how we assemble a car on an assembly line. It's not the way the body is made. It's just the way we understand it in modern science. It's a mental construct. It is not exactly the reality, but a working model. Breaking the body down into anatomy and physiology into mind, body and soul, into self and environment, into different systems like circulatory, nervous system and so on. These are essentially conceptual because no system exists independently. We are just one undivided being and so is the whole of the earth and the whole of the universe. Like fitness, health and wellness, immunity is also a concept that helps us understand a dimension of our body. And immunity too is a dimension of happiness. But we would like to say the same thing in a different way. You cannot worry about 10 dimensions of fitness. You cannot worry about all the things you need to do to become healthy on all the parameters of health. Instead, what is the one thing that holds the key to all of this? Your entire well-being. This is recommended as a practice. In Yoga Sutra, it is called Ek Tattva Bhyasa, the practice of one principle. Well, that principle has to be that which can be your door to happiness. And if you ask the question, rather than a practice, isn't happiness the result of many things we do? 
The answer is that the practice is one and every act, every choice, every decision in life will follow from this one practice. One practice to take care of wellness, health, fitness, immunity, peace, weight, sleep, all of them. And that single practice becomes the core of your life. That one practice could be, as the Yoga Sutra says, friendliness or breath control or from bringing the mind into sensory experience like getting absorbed in your cooking, maybe flying the kite or by getting absorbed in the luminous state beyond sorrow or getting absorbed in one who is beyond attachment or through gaining knowledge of the states of dream and sleep or any method you like. The mind can be prepared for happiness by following the one principle. Catching hold of one principle, that is the way of overcoming the obstacles of experiencing happiness. Implied in this golden key is the suggestion that one practice will enlist the support of the whole universe to assist you to experience what you seek. In this way, the pursuit of Samadhi, our happiness, is really the bridge between the individual and the universe. Happiness is the means and the goal of tuning into the source. And it just boils down to practicing that one principle. Tat pratishedartham By the practice of one principle, the obstacles to happiness will be cleared. Lots of love, Bharat Thakur.